7 to 8 p.m. Sport On with Tabiso Musia. Thank you. Good evening. That's me, Tabiso Mosia. Welcome to the show. Loyolam Kalipi is the producer and Zelma Kribi is with us in technical this evening. And tonight on the show, we will speak to the SABC shortly. Uh, that's in the wake of Safa releasing a strongly worded statement earlier this afternoon, hitting out at the SABC and announcing that as things stand, the public broadcaster will not be televising Saturday's AFCON qualifier between Bafana Bafana and the Seychelles, which takes place at the FNB Stadium, as well as the return leg next Tuesday. And next all other matches going forward according to that statement they will no be broadcast on SABC. Uh, they also say, Safa, that they've written to the ministers of communication and sport, asking them to relieve the SABC of any obligation to broadcast sports of national interest. So we will give the SABC a right to reply here because there are some serious allegations uh, that have been made in this statement, including the one regarding Banyana Banyana that the SABC was offered uh, the rights to show Banyana Banyana for free when the Kosafa Cup took place in PE and they declined and Safa have really gone in in the statement here. We'll also go over to Russia to speak to boxer Zolani Tete's trainer Oloiso Mkia ahead of Saturday's quarterfinal clash against Mikhail Aloyan in that lucrative WBSS series and uh, we'll also hear from Uzolani Tete and as we've been doing throughout the week we will revisit some of the stories that we've covered in the past and tonight we go back to that comrades payment issue of Russian athlete Alexander Morozova. You'll remember that she finished third in the 2018 comrades. She was second last year but she's yet to see any of her 400,000 rand prize money from 2017 because according to Athletics SA she was not eligible to run in 2017 in the comrades because Russian athletes were suspended by the IAAF after that uh, doping scandal. Now at the time when we did the show first the question was who cleared her to run and why did the issue arise when it was time to pay her? So we've all reached out to Athletics South Africa but they still won't talk to us uh, like the first time so we'll speak to the comrades Marathon Association who also coincidentally launched the 2019 race today and the race director Mr. Rowan James will speak to us about this issue and about uh, the next year's race and we'll wrap up the show with a chat with the newly elected chairperson of USA University Sports South Africa Football and uh, they will uh, and the general secretary is also here they will talk to us about uh, their three-year plan about what they're aiming to do about their activities and about uh, women's football also and just to understand better what USA football is all about so uh, the gentlemen are already here in studio with us and they'll speak to us as soon as we finish these discussions that we need uh, to uh, to start with. So we'll speak to Mr. Kenneth Neluvalani, Chairperson of USA Football and Mr. Machesa Homo, Secretary General of USA Football. But up next, we'll speak to the SABC after this quick break. For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. And we are joined on the line by Ms. Newa Mumudu, who speaks on behalf of the SABC. Good evening, ma'am, and thank you again uh, for finding time to speak to us on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to your listeners, and thanks for having me on your show. It's a strongly worded statement here from Safa. Many people are surprised just by the tone of it. Are you also surprised? Are you taken aback? Uh, well, it is unfortunate that the SABC and SAFA dispute is in the public domain. Uh, and we've noted the SAFA statement and would like to place on record that the SABC made a commercially viable offer that would enable the public broadcaster to deliver football matches to South African audiences on its platforms. And this offer was rejected by SAFA. This offer was made following the expiry of the previous contract between SAFA and the SABC, which contract expired at the end of April this year. On the previous contract, there were respective obligations and milestones, and the SABC has met its milestones, including the full and final payment of its obligations under that contract. The outstanding SAFA obligations that are due to the SABC from the previous contract are the remaining two um, 2019 AFCOT qualifier matches, which are the Bafana Bafana versus Seychelles uh, match, which is due to take place this Saturday, and the Bafana Bafana versus Nigeria match, which is uh, scheduled for the 17th of of of, um, of November. So well, with, we know we we were shocked, like when Safa said that we they were not allowing us to broadcast because you know. 
there was a, a promise or an indication that we'd enter into a, an agreement, would like to categorically state that that had nothing to do with entering into a, a new agreement, but it was based on the SABC uh, meeting its payment milestones. And the SABC has since, since met those, uh, those milestones under the previous uh, contract. So are you expecting to broadcast the match on Saturday as things stand? Because they're saying that SABC will not broadcast the match as things stand. Well, like I said, it is unfortunate that, you know, that the legal dispute uh, between the SABC is now uh, uh, in the public domain. But the SABC remains committed to engaging SAFA on, uh, on fair terms. They've described this new offer as an insult in their statement, and I'm putting it mildly from the word that they used here. Uh, what do you? What do you? They saying it's 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 an it's eff- effectively a no offer. What's changed from this offer compared to the last one? Well, you know, I think you'll be aware that every time parties enter into into an agreement, they enter into an agreement based on what is fair to them, and new agreements enable parties to actually review and negotiate new contracts or terms, right? So we took an opportunity as the, as the SABC to negotiate terms that are fair that, uh, that, and that are commercially viable and that would, uh, um, uh, would have good return on, on investments for us. Okay, so I assume that this latest offer then is based on, you've got your reasons on why this latest offer is lower than the previous one because that's what they seem to be suggesting here. Well, like I say, as the SABC were a business and it is our responsibility as the public broadcaster to enter into negotiations and contracts contract that actually deliver value to the SABC and that are, uh, uh, that, that, that are based on sound business principles. They also say they find it disingenuous that the SABC can conclude deals with the EPL and Cricket SA but not SAFA. What's your response to that? Well, you know, the, the, those investments uh, fit into the SABC's business strategy of increasing audiences and revenue by delivering compelling and entertaining content. And I'm sure as the ACBC will be able to prove that since the introduction of the Premier League, you know, audiences have grown there. You know, so the, the, the return on investment on those particular uh, 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 offerings are great for the SABC going forward. And it is in line with the strategic objectives of actually increasing uh, audiences and revenue. There's also another startling revelation here in this statement that Safa offered the SABC the opportunity to broadcast the Banyana matches for free. SABC declined. Is that correct? And if so, why did the SABC decline? Well, well there's a difference between declining and being unable to broadcast. You know, if you understand television, television plans in, in advance, actually over uh, uh, forecast uh, for of about three months. So if you offer the SABC a game, Within uh, in a very short space of time, you 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 potentially interfere with scheduling uh, issues, and because this was not scheduled and was offered at the last minute, the SABC could not accommodate that. And you would understand that the SABC every time we have to broadcast a match, we make very huge investments in terms of production staff and everything. So if you don't give us sufficient time to actually uh, plan for a broadcast it becomes impossible to actually cater for it. And it's therefore not a refusal, but an issue of the fact that we were unable to broadcast it based on the fact that we were not uh, offered the game on time. Now, Safa has written to ICASA, to the ministers, they're asking for the SABC to be stripped of the obligation to show sports of national interest. Is this a concern? Well, well, you know, like any democracy, in a democracy, SAFA is, is, can write to the minister, whatever. It, the, the concern that we have is that as a public broadcaster, you know, we want to remain committed to, to, we are committed to ensuring that we bring relevant programming to South African audiences. What I think we should be concerned with at this stage is to find an amicable way of resolving this matter and, 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 and take it out of the public domain, but more importantly, you know, enable the SABC to be able to negotiate terms that are fair and that are reasonable to, 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 the, to, to, to the SABC. Okay, so you're still going to meet with Safa uh, before Saturday? I think you've only got tomorrow then. Well, I'm not making commitments of when we're going to meet with Safa. What I can say that, you know, we, we remain committed to engaging Safa on fair terms. And a lot of people are asking, SABC is able to negotiate with EPL, with Cricket South Africa, but they can't with SAFA. Uh, some are suggesting that, well, some are asking, who's the problem here? Is it SAFA? Are they playing hard? Are they playing hardball with the SABC? We know, like with any negotiations, you know, some negotiations are easy, some of them are difficult. But with this one, you know, all I can say from an SABC perspective is that we've been negotiating, as you know, uh, since the end of October last yes. year. 
and we remain, you know, uh, you know, uh, committed to negotiating further with SAFA, hopefully uh, with with a, with a view of uh, reaching an amicable kind of uh, resolution. Okay, we also hope so, Ms. Newo Mumudi. Thank you very much for finding time to speak to us and uh, clarifying the matter from the SABC side, because throughout the afternoon we've only had one side of the story. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Thank you. So so there you have it. Then that's the SABC's reply. But clearly as things stand, it's uh, still not clear if the match will be shown on SABC on a Saturday. But the SABC says that it is committed to showing the game. And uh, hopefully both parties can find each other and uh, we and, and the millions of South Africans can see this game on TV. Because I saw in the statement that 4 million people, I think they're saying 4 million people watched the last Bafana Bafana match or that uh, they're expecting 4 million people to watch Bafana Bafana matches on SABC and it's really unfortunate that this matter is, is playing out in the public like this. I mean, the tone of the statement, Safa really, really not mincing its words here in the statement. You can check it out on Safa.net, but the SABC is saying that they're committed to showing the Mbapana Bafana versus Seychelles game. So it looks like the ball is back in Safa's court then, and as I said, hopefully the two parties will find each other before Saturday so we can see the game on TV. Up next, we're going to go over to Russia to speak to Zolani Tete's camp. He's got a big fight in Russia, very lucrative at uh, this Saturday. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.6 FM in Palabora. Okay, so let's hear then from Uloi Somkia, who is uh, the, one of the trainers, of course, of Uzolani Tete. There's also Mikiza Miyakeni there in camp with the crew there. And they are up against Mikel Aloyan tomorrow on Saturday night in the WBSS series. And Daloid will tell us all about it. And I began by asking him, how is the weather in Russia? Because it's usually very, very, very cold there. First thing I must say, besides the weather, very beautiful country. Mm. It is so big, it is so beautiful, it is so advanced. The people themselves are not very friendly. Quiet people who don't really smile, but they are very efficient. Whatever you need to be done, they do it. It's cold, but because the country is so advanced, you can only see the cold while you are inside. Because inside the houses, it's like, wow, it is so cool, it is so hot, it is like... You 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 can only see that hey we are manda panda but you have to walk out to actually feel that it is very very cold. So uh, I guess you happy with how you've been treated so far and everything is going okay uh, ahead of the fight. Everything is going okay. Everything is going on schedule. We've been treated very well. We have prepared very well. We are just waiting now for well the gong to sound and then we do what we know. Do what we do best. I understand there was a press conference today. How did that go and how and how was the uh, reception? The reception was very good. The uh, press conference was uh, very well, but not very long because of the language barrier, because there are fear from South Africa. There are also Americans, the, the Mayweather team, the money team, all of it is here because they've got uh, boxers fighting here. So there was uh, this whole thing about interpretation and all of that. And all that. But it was big. It was very uh, successful. Before you left, uh, Taloid, you said that Aloyan is very tricky because he spent most of his career in the amateur ranks. Just tell us more about him. Uh, he's very good. He's very tricky. He's uh, slippery. Throws out of punches, but uh, he's not very... Uh, difficult. It's not very easy to to to, to catch him, and uh, also at this stage, he is uh, in that uh, upper league of of amateurs who we, who have been winning world championships, have been winning the Olympics. He's not your 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 normal amateur. It's like those amateurs like uh, uh, Lomachenko, Rikondo, and uh, all of that. Those who just get into the professionals and in three or four fights they win world titles. Because by the third fight, he also won a world title. We also had to make sure that we, we, we know our story. We prepare, we research, we do everything to make sure that uh, we, we, we know exactly what we are going to be handling. That is uh, the reason we also uh, decided that uh, uh, the way we train 
must not be the usual way where we train for professionals. We must also know that our training for an amateur, we, are, we, we also know that we've got to prepare and put our minds there before now we take it to the next step, to the next step, to the next level, the level of, uh, of, of, of the professional. We, we, we also know that, uh, that that was the reason that the two guys that were given the chance to pick the opponent first, they did not pick him. Because the chance was given first to Bennett, he decided to take Nonindo Tone. The second chance was given to Inoue, he decided to take Bayano. One would have thought that there is an amateur here. Let's all, let's all go jump and take the amateur. But the reason they didn't was because nobody actually knows. The guy is a closed book. You have those things from the amateurs and only four fights. So it was up to us now to actually go and look for what we, 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 we have got to prepare for. And uh, we've prepared for that. And uh, the fight will show that we did prepare. The fight will show that we're on top of our game. Mm. You had said earlier on that you're not sure what it does after the fourth round. Are you, do you have a better understanding now, now that you spent some time in Russia and you've spent some time uh, finding out more about him? Now that we've, we, we've prepared, we have a better understanding. Now that we prepared, we know that uh, if he goes past four rounds, we also have got to be changing gears because the first four rounds are going to be very important, very important to us, especially if uh, 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 the fight goes to a technical decision, like when there is a cut and all of that inside four rounds. And uh, if we allow him to win those rounds, the first, second, third and fourth rounds, we may find ourselves losing the fight because that is where he is going to be at his most comfortable. And if we are going to be saying that we are professionals and we are going to let the fight go far, we may end up losing it. For instance, uh, the last um, Olympics, professional boxers were invited. Mm. 36 boxers from around the world, including a world champion, midway champion, WBA Peter Quillian. They did. They were all beaten. 36 professional boxers were all beaten by amateurs because they were fighting within the amateur space. So we have prepared for a situation where within the amateur space we are going to be fighting effectively to beat this boy. And then when it comes now, if he goes beyond that uh, amateur space to our space, then it will be like, well, you've come to our, to, to our turf now. We'll show you who's the boss. And do the Russians know about Zolani? How much do they know about him? Well, there is technology these days. People just uh, switch on uh, the internet. Yeah. And they know everything they want to know. They even know what you eat at home. They even know what you said at home yesterday when you were talking to your kids at home. So they, we know that they know as much as they can because of uh, the internet. Can you explain for the people here at home, uh, Braloid, how big is this WBSS series and just make us understand the magnitude of it? It is like the World Cup of Soccer. Mm -hmm. It is like the World Cup of Rugby. Because what they do is, in a division, there are these many um, sanctioned bodies, but they take the first four leading sanctioned bodies. That is the WBA, the WBC, the IPF, and the WBO, because those are regarded as the, way, the real world champions. So they take those first, uh, those, those, those four champions, and then they take either the military challengers, number one contenders, or they take uh, very bright boxers within the ratings, so that we have your four champions this side, and then you have these uh, other four guys. Who, are, who have been picked up to, to, to be in the, in, in, the, in, in the series. So you've got eight boxers that are going to be committing. It's a critical situation. Mm. If you're beaten, you're out of it. If you're beaten, you're out of it until two guys are left to compete in the final. And then the winner is the undisputed champion, the ring champion, and also the winner of the Mohammed Ali Trophy because you've beaten everybody. It's a unification of all of those titles. So then this is the quarterfinals. Is it correct then if Zolani wins, then he'll either face Bennett or Nonito Doné? Uh, Zolani is uh, meeting now Aloyan. And uh, next weekend, it is uh, Ryan Bennett against Nonito Doné. The winner there will be meeting Zolani, 
while uh, Anoa Inouye has already won his fight. He is waiting now for a fight that is going to be happening in two weeks' time. Uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez against uh, Jason Maluni. So that is the way it will be going. We, I... we, we, we know who will, who will be fighting after this one. Oh, okay. Are you already looking that far ahead or do you have to make sure you get past Aloyan first, obviously? No, we take it one fight at a time. Our fight now is Aloyan. So we are putting all our minds on preparing to beat Aloyan. And then once we beat Aloyan, it is then that we are going to lift our eyes and say, there we go now for the next opponent. Then we will start preparing. As, as, as of now, all other opponents are like, they are not everything. We are concentrating on this one. And finally, does it matter how you win this one or do you just want to win or do you want to make a statement for those other ones also watching this one with interest? Uh, at this stage, at this stage of 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 uh, of, 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 Solani, of Solani's life, especially with this uh, WBSS, this uh, uh, World Cup series, it is it is it is it is about a statement because we are not in a situation now where you just have to win this fight and you look for the next fight. It is a challenge in terms of the ring magazine, the real world champion, amongst other world champions. It is a challenge to be recognized amongst the best boxers pound for pound in the world. So it is not just like another day in the office. It is a D-Day because it determines a whole lot for the future in terms of career in terms of the legacy and uh, in terms of the money it is a big deal this wbss a total prize pool of 50 million us dollars and the winner of each tournament receives 10 million us dollars that's how big it is if you didn't understand we were hoping to speak to also to zolani tete but uh, he was tied up in the press conference when we called uh, so that's why we we're unable to speak to him and we could speak to his trainer Uloyusomja. but he did speak to sabc sport before they left for russia and this is what he had to say Uzolani. i feel sorry for alien because whatever i've been doing in the gym i'm gonna take it out on him it it's not easy it's quite difficult because we don't know much about him but we've got four fights of him uh, where he's fighting. One of the fights he's fighting as an amateur. So we tried to work according to those fights. <laughs> I believe we've got everything that we need to take out Aloyen. Firstly, I've been fighting around and I think I'm well experienced when it comes to that. I believe Aloyen is not going to last. Uh, I'll sit down with my team. We always discuss the rounds. Uh, last time I asked for a first round and I did it. So this time around I'm going to sit down with them and we align if we take Aloyen on the second or third round. But the decision is with my team. Magalale, Pansy. That's where you must go, Aloyen. Uh, up next then we're going to revisit one of our stories involving comrades and a prize money for the Russian athlete. And then we'll speak to Yusuf Football. Sport on on SAFM. And do you have technology solutions for healthcare or would you like to find out how technology can reduce costs in your healthcare facility? Then don't miss the Healthcare Innovation Summit Africa 2018 on the 17th and 18th of October at the Gallagher Convention Center. Join over 300 healthcare and technology leaders and learn how technology is transforming healthcare. Book before the 12th of October and save 1,000 rand. Go to healthcareinnovationsummit.co.za today. SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. So the story we're going back to uh, this evening is the one of the Russian athlete Alexandra Morozova who finished third this year in the Comrades. She was second last year and she was due to receive 390000 in prize money but she did not get it because Athletics SA said she was not eligible to run that year because Russian athletes were suspended. This is despite her coming with a clearance and saying that she's been cleared to run. There's even a campaign going on in Russia which says pay Alexandra Morozova. We couldn't get ASA again today uh, but we managed to speak to the Comrades Marathon Race Director, Mr. Rowan James. And as I said, coincidentally, they launched the 2019 Comrades Marathon today, and that's where we began our conversation. Uh, today was the launch of the 2019 uh, Comrades Marathon. Uh, entries will open on Friday, the 19th of October, and close on Monday, the 10th of December. Entries are capped at 25,000, and the entrance fees for South African runners is 600 rand. Uh, great news regarding the prize money increase has been well received. This is great progress. 
Very much so. Uh, that's one thing that we, we take very seriously. The prize money has been increased by, on average, 13,6%. The first prize is a half a million rand. Without a doubt, making comrades the richest race on the African continent. Second prize, 250,000. And third prize, 180,000. And then all positions down to 10th position have been increased on the 2018 fee. And then if the record is broken, a further 500,000 rand will be paid out. And if a winner is a South African and it breaks the record, well, when a South African gets an additional 200,000 rand. So all in, if we have a South African breaking the record next year, we'll get 1.2 million rand in prize money. Brilliant. And the theme, Siangoba, what's the thinking behind that? Sorry to say, didn't I? I'm saying I see the race has been themed hashtag Siangoba. What's the thinking there? That's correct. That's the, uh, the, the new uh, campaign slogan for, for next year's race as well. Uh, basically, a, a unifying campaign is uh, what it was uh, all about, and together we triumph is what it comes down to. Okay. Now, just back to that story we did a few months ago of Morozova, who was uh, owed money from 2017. Has that been sorted out? No. The, uh, Alexander Morozova, the Russian, has not been paid her prize money for 2017 race. She has been paid her prize money for the 2018 race. Now, it might seem sound like a rather bizarre decision. That decision is outside of the ambit of comrades. Comrades may not pay the 2017 prize money as instructed by the National Federation Athletic South Africa. So is the ball now in ASA's court to, to give the green light on to pay uh, her or not? Absolutely. Uh, ASA of... Uh, meant to take up the decision or the uh, case with the IAAF. Um, they gave us written notification in April that we may not pay out the prize money, that they are awaiting the decision from the IAAF who they've escalated it to. Uh, my understanding that that uh, decision was meant to be towards the end of June, but up until today we've heard nothing further from Athletic South Africa. Alexander Marizova is fully aware that the the problem sits between Athletic South Africa and IAAF, and it is not Comrade Marathon who's holding up the payment of the prize money. We may not pay it as instructed by the National Federation. Yeah. So, what's the difference between 2017 and 2018? So, effectively, what happened between the two races in 2017, she submitted a clearance letter from ARAF, which is the All Russian Athletics Federation, so their national federation. Uh, authorizing on board, giving her clearance to run the Comrades Marathon. But the problem in 2017 was that the, uh, what, and, and still as of now, is that ARAF is suspended by the IAAF. So in other words, they cannot give athletes clearances because they are suspended by the IAAF. In 2018, uh, Morozova got her clearance from the IAAF itself and not from the uh, ARAF, which is the Russian Athletics Federation, and therefore she was eligible to participate in 2018 and be paid her prize money. Okay, and finally, with WADA lifting the ban, does anything change? Sorry to say again, there. I'm saying with WADA lifting the ban on the Russian anti-doping on the Russian anti-doping agency, does anything change? Does it affect the situation in yeah. any way? Uh, look, at the present moment, uh, there's no there's no change on the payment of the 2017 uh, prize money. We we haven't received uh, any directable notification from ASA to pay that yet. So then it looks like the ball is still in ASA's court and that's why we had reached out uh, to the president, Mr. Alex Kosana, to see if he can speak to us and just give us clarity on uh, this matter because it's a big story also in Russia. As I said, there's a campaign uh, that you move South Africa must pay Alexander Morozova and we want to understand also why was she cleared to run if then she was not eligible to run because somebody must have given a clearance and a license to run here in South Africa and that's why she probably feels that she's within her rights to get her prize money and it's a lot of money that we're talking about, guys. 390000 and it's quite interesting that this week all the stories that we've gone back to I think three of the four stories actually involve uh, money which is a really really sensitive uh, subject and it's people's livelihoods that we are talking about here but hopefully ASA will find time to speak to us and uh, we can get clarity on this matter and we can put it to rest but up next then we'll speak to USA Football there's a newly elected board there's a chairperson we've also got the GS in the studio and they will talk to us about their plans this is University Sports South Africa Football Sport on on SAFM.
Okay, we have two gentlemen in studio, our guests, and I'll start with the General Secretary, Mr. Machesa Homo. Good evening, and thank you very much, sir, for joining us on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso, and good evening to the listeners, and thank you for giving us the opportunity. Before we get into what your plans are for the next three years, I understand that uh, there was an election a couple of months ago. Who makes up now the new board or the new executive of USA? Yes, Tabiso. Uh, we were given a mandate by the university football uh, membership, uh, whereby we were elected into the committee from 2018 to 2021, which is a three-year period. And the following members were elected. Um, the tournament convener, we're looking at uh, Mr. Denny Strada-Dlamini from the University of Limpopo. He deals with the events, uh, basically the tournament. And we have the development officer, which is Azania Moshushu. She's from Northwest University, Mahiking. Uh, she deals with uh, development, national teams, uh, coaches and all that. And then we have marketing and finance, which is Hassan Sobekwa from uh, University of Western Cape, who basically explains itself that he, he deals with the marketing and finance of the University Sports of Africa football. And myself as well, Machisa Homo as the General Secretary. And then we have the Deputy Chairperson, which is Bosiswang Neni from Walter Sisulu University. And then on my, my right here, it's my chairperson, who is Kenneth Neluvalani from University of Pretoria. Uh, I think he will also give us a brief on, on, on the selection process, how the election goes, and uh, yeah. how the, the committee is, 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 is composed. Oh, yeah, I was about to ask um, Mr. Neluvalani. Good evening, Mr. Brakeni. I know you're Brakeni from Tax <laughs> as a football person. <laughs> yeah, good evening, Tavis. So, thank yeah. you for joining us in studio. I see it seems like there are representatives from all over the country. Is that how it should be? Yeah, you remember. Is that intentional? Yes. Um, you remember we have 33 uh, members institutions. Uh, those are the ones who give us mandate to to run football for a period of three years. And, and always we make sure that it's, it's representative. And that's why you find it covers a majority of the, the universities. If you look at the inland and the coastal, so and the student component also, if you look at the community there, we have two students also uh, part of the collective here. Yeah. So what is your, or how are you looking at this challenge firstly that you're faced with for the next three years? I think we, we wanted to make sure that um, uh, we would take our product there and we need to make sure that we own this product. Uh, we, we pick up that um, we are not really known out there as a user football. And, and, and it was uh, our, our decision now to begin to take our product there. Like now you have given us opportunity to, to share with members what we do. So that's, that's, that's the opportunity we are taking now to, to make sure that we begin to take our football out there, and particularly for student uh, development. Yeah. Is that your mandate? So that's the the three year mandate, mm-hmm. <laughs> which of course uh, the three year mandate, which of course the members, if they are not happy with us, uh, obviously they can still show you the door. But I think uh, that's a mandate to begin to take our football to another level. Yeah, Mr. GS, what are your activities? Which tournaments fall under USA? What is it that you do? Yes, uh, annually we host one of the biggest events, which is the University Sports South Africa Football Tournament, whereby all universities meet to compete uh, for the top position in in the country for for university football. Uh, The top eight teams from that uh, competition qualify for the varsity football competition, as listeners might be aware of of, of that competition. Yes. Yes, so the top eight comes from that USA, the national uh, competition. We also have uh, our national teams that participate at KUKSA, mm-hmm. which is the Confederation of University and Colleges uh, Federation, uh, which is continental. So we also participate with other universities. So we represent South Africa in the continent and also internationally. But the World Student Games? The World Student Games, that's FISU now. So uh-huh. from the continent, we have FISU, which is the international uh, event. And recently we participated in uh, the previous year 2017 where our ladies did very well they ended in fourth position competing with other countries in the world the men did not do so 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 well uh, ending in position 12 but which is reasonable 
and we're looking to participate in Italy next year with both the men and women and with the mandate given to us by the members we'll try and improve the positions and make make a statement we also participate in SAFA uh, events mm. uh, currently we are the SAB under 21 champions as USA competing with with other provinces so we also fully fully uh, active with FASA with SAFA Okay, yeah. so for the World Student Games, you have to qualify, or how does it work? Yes, we have to qualify. Uh, hence, I mentioned the continent, our wow. position within the continent, and also our performance at the actual event, the previous uh, performance at, at VSU level. Were you, gentlemen, part of the previous executive? Because uh, I just want to know what were the challenges maybe faced in the past uh, that you're looking to improve on? Only Machisa was uh, part of the previous executive. I think for for to keeping the institutional memory, uh, you always <laughs> make sure you you have someone who's in the previous executive. But the rest of the the committee members uh, mm-hmm. are new, but they have served in the executive uh, previous years. Um, you remember you served for for a term of two years, mm-hmm. and then after that, then you give other people opportunity to serve. Yeah. I see in your strategic plan here that you've been able to share with us. You say you have four areas where USA football will focus. What are these areas? Yeah, we have four areas. The first one is governance and leadership. Um, we want to make sure that there's a sound administration when it comes to our programs uh, and how we govern our, our football program. So that, that for us is really a priority for us to make sure that all our members, they have sound administration of our football. The other one is uh, marketing and communication. Um, we, we, we pick up that we haven't been communicating uh, to an extent that our product is not known out there. Yeah. And that's why now we, we have a mandate to make sure we have come up with a communicating uh, strategy which will really make sure that it takes our product out there. The other element is events and tournaments. Uh, we, we want to make sure that um, when we run our tournaments, uh, these quality products and quality tournaments, um, to an extent where you can really begin also to see our partners, especially the sponsors, to, to come and board. Um, because we have been running tournaments where most of the people, the general public, was not, they were not really knowing what exactly is university football. So that's something which we want to really make sure that we have quality tournaments, which, which can really attract also a number of stakeholders, and you know, particularly also to make sure that they are they are really aligned with the, the vision 2022 of SAFA as we are an associate member of Southern Football Association. Whatever we do, it needs to be in line with their tournament. That's why we also participate in, in their under-21, which we have been dominating, by the way, uh, for the last three three uh, mm-hmm. tournaments. Yeah. I was about to ask, well, how is your relationship with SAFA and what's the relationship about? Yes, it's a very good relationship. Um, we, we are considered as an associate member. We have voting powers, oh. so we, we can still also <laughs> raise our hand to elect uh, the, the, the leadership of, uh, of SAFA. And it has been going very well. Uh, we had a series of meetings with the key role players uh, in SAFA. Uh, our executive met with the chief executive officer of SAFA, Mr. Dennis Mambul. We are still waiting to get confirmation from the president of the association also to share our vision with him. We'll be meeting with the director of, uh, of football for SAFA, Neil Tovey, uh, because we want the technical committee and, and him in particular to help us when it comes to the, the appointment of the technical team, which will, go, which will be helping us with the West Student Games. So, so our relationship is quite good and um, we're working very well with the mother body. If you've just joined us, we are talking use of football. There's a newly elected structure and we just wanted to get a better understanding of what they stand for, what they want to achieve in their three-year term. And our guest is the chairperson, Mr. Kenneth Le Nelubalani and Mr. Machisa Homo, the Secretary General of Use of Football. If you do play in this space, please feel free to give us a call and share some insight with us on 089-1104-207. Our SMS line is 40938. Our WhatsApp number is 061-4104-107. It's hashtag... SAFM or Sport On on social media and we're going to continue the conversation after this break. Let's have the conversation. 0891-104-207 And we're still speaking to uh, USA of football here. Um, Mr. General Secretary, you were part of the previous uh, regime or the board or the structure. What are some of the achievements that you can highlight for, for us as far as USA football is concerned? Because I know Amma Tuesday was a big success. <laughs> 
Yeah, Ama Tuesday was a big success in Gauteng, uh, one of the best leagues that was run on Tuesdays, and uh, participation was from the Gauteng-based uh, universities. Uh, in terms of support, you'd have more support, more than the PSL teams uh, would yeah. have. No, that's the, true. Yeah, and you'll have the hype on social media and everywhere. So we're looking to revive that, and also as our mandate, we want to revive that throughout all provinces, not only Gauteng, so that we can balance uh, the scope. But the achievements, uh, we have a lot of achievements, I think, as user football. We are contributing positively to to the development of football in the country. Uh, to mention a few, uh, the likes of Refilwe Jane, uh, Leandra Smeda, uh, Rodamu Laudzi, our legends, Amanda Dlaminis, Impiwe Dludlu, who's going to the World, uh, World Cup with the under-17. Those are, are, are our products from USA football, from the women's side. And you look at in the men's side, the likes of Letokonolo Majoro, Tabo Mnyamani, they are part of our products as well. They've graduated through the institutions that they were representing. Administrators, you look at Fuet Mbele, you look at the likes of Monde Tlatswayo, Mot Kumalo. We are talking about those people who are currently in the SAFA national teams who are doing very well and members who are part of the PSL teams. As mentioned before as well with my chairperson, we are doing well in the SAB, SAFA SAB. SAB under 21 championships, we've won it uh, in previous occasions, and s- as well as the FISU uh, competition, which is the International University Sport Federation, the World Student Games, we've also participated there. And I think we, we as USA Football, we are looking to achieve beyond uh, that and also develop uh, students holistically, student athletes holistically, mm-hmm. so that they graduate as well as exposing them in their football career. Ah, oh, that's great. Yeah. And tell me about Ama Tuesday. Why was it such a success? <laughs> I think the my chairperson, he was part of that and he would give us the, 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 the big, big, big idea behind that and why it was so successful. Chairperson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tavi, so that's something which we, we, we are really looking forward to revive that. Um, there was a lot of commitment from the institution in particular from Kauteng and, and, and the, the quality of administration within... Uh, the institution, if you look at your UJ, your TUT, uh, VETS, uh, TAX, so you always have that rival. So, and, and that provincial league was really one of, of the best leagues, and that's why it used also to attract uh, a number of people. Because if you can imagine, if it's a TUT against TAX, yes. uh, <laughs> if you go to, to UJ against VETS, so you always guarantee the, the support, and the, the students are always going out there to support the, the, the product. So it's a pity um, we had to lose a direction on that, but that's something which the new organization, the new board, is looking at to make sure we revive those provincial leagues uh, so that we don't only wait for, for the national club champs in December and July. So so I agree with you. The, the Amma Tuesday was a, a popular brand. And before we go to the lines, what are some of the properties? Did you touch on that? Yeah, of course, we, we, we have the futsal is also one of oh, our property, okay. yeah, which we are trying now to, to revive. Uh, we must start it in Kauteng. It's vet they have a facility for that. We also have the user national teams, both male and females. So that's also a property. The national institutional games, that's, w- that's where you have uh, institutions from different provinces. They, they, they go and play in a particular institution. In, during July uh, period. So those are, are the properties which we own and um, we want to protect them. Okay, Mdange has called us from Cape Town. Mdange, uh, good evening, Moluene Kappa. No, we're all fine. Thanks, Mdange. Yes, but I just have a question, but I'm not just applauding because it's development. Uh, yeah, football in South Africa is very important. It's very important. And, uh, I commend you for you know, the Mr. Wednesday. But uh, I just want to ask you, uh, are they facing any challenges, like essential, as we say, as you know, the, the, the challenge in the future of the South Africa is the thing of its first development. It's just like football. You know, are they facing any challenges, more as our partners in the football? And you know, I don't think that they are promising us as we support us in our time in the football. 
uh, about e development. Uh, we can be some of the few players they play, maybe some for my favorite team, the Paralia or something. <laughs> They've already mentioned Kolam uh, Lambo. He came through the system, so you should be happy with that. But do you want to take that? Did you get the question? <laughs> Yeah, like you mentioned, we we have number of players who have come through our our ranks. Uh, whether you're looking at uh, the player side or the the administration side, so your Tabom Yamani, so those are the players. But I think what we can say to to him also when it comes to the platform to create for number of our members, uh, we always encouraging participation and also for our team to to compete. But the most important thing to make sure that you are student first, and then. Uh, a player second. So, so is that what have, you mean by holistically? Yes, yes. So you know you are in, within the academic institution. You still need to make sure your core business to study, and we create a platform for you to play football. It can be in a form of internal league, in that level of foundation to participate until you you represent your institution at institutional level as a, as a as a player to compete. So so we always create those opportunities. So what do you check their results or do you encourage them to keep on studying? Yeah, yeah, we 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 make sure we monitor their their performance academically, okay. and and we reach a stage where now in university football, if you don't have sixty percent credit, you don't participate in our tournament. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Asifudi in Ranfontein, good evening to you. Uh, evening and and your guest. Thank you. Who then calls the chats their adversity on the issue of sport? Does this sport cut across all races or is Focusing on the Myanmarese of this world. What about whites? What about Indians? Great comment there, Sifudi. I was actually going to get to that. To you. Evening to you, Sifudi. He wants to know firstly who bang rolls the taps. You know what that means, right? Okay. <laughs> Where does the money come from? Yeah, of course. Uh, we we do have um, uh, sponsors. Um, if you look at the varsity for now, the the main sponsor is FNB, mm-hmm. and you have number of, um, of, of uh, football brands uh, companies which which are also helping on that. So, so they they are the main sponsor of our our varsity football. Uh, in terms of the transformation component, if there's one sporting code which is very transformed within the university level, is football. Um, we don't even have to handpick and make sure we work on numbers. You you just see by yourself that if you look at Teams which are participating in our varsity football, they, 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 they are transformed teams. You know. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and as well, I think we also survive through the SAFA grant that we receive as, okay. as members. So it helps and we, we, we appreciate the support from, from SAFA as well. But also, um, we we open, we're still looking at partnering with, with, with other organizations, uh, those who are listening to say, user football is there, and if they are interested in supporting us, uh, we are there to, to listen to ideas and, and, and see how we grow this brand to a bigger level. Hence, we are partnering with, with Vasti Football, and we want to make the most because we are exposing our athletes out there so that they are recognized. On Twitter, Hoshi says, oh man, that emblem, the old Sasu, the trips, the tournament, the sunburn and mostly the lifetime friends that have been made here so he's got wonderful memories of playing university football you touched gs earlier on about varsity football how's your relationship with varsity football Yes, uh, when we started, uh, it was rocky, but uh, we are maintaining a good relationship now and we are bearing the fruits. Uh, some of the players that were recognized in PSL and the national teams were recognized through the competition through us and we are endorsing that competition through SAFA. So I think the, 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 the relationship between us and Vasti Football is a very good relationship and we'd like to improve on that so that we as, as, as the custodians of university football we can get something out of that i once did a story on another radio station where we uncovered that football in varsity sports gets crumbs compared to rugby i think at the time the rugby guys were getting 1.3 million to prepare for the season the football guys were getting 88,000. have things improved does that affect you in any way uh, i think like, like what the gs was saying so things has improved a lot and that's why you find now the endorsement is coming uh, through us. And of course, SAFA also, they always want guidance from us. Uh, the resources which are channeled, um, we, we can't say it's enough, but I think um, we, we are influencing the, the direction of football when it comes to that product. So which, which we are quite happy how things are shaping up, uh, but we, we still expect more going forward, yeah.
like the chair said, we will always review yearly mm-hmm. what are we benefiting, what are we lacking, so that we, 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 we make decisions to the best interests of, of, of our members. And that's what we, we, we are definitely yeah. doing. And they are, they are supportive as well as the Varsity Sports uh, Company, and we would like to achieve more out of that. And then there's another question coming through here. Are all tertiary institutions part of USA Footballer? Is everybody your member? Yeah, we have 33 universities uh, as members, so so any institution can join us. Um, we just have two categories. We have a, a category and B category, but every member institution can join and be our member. It seems like you've produced a lot of very good women footballers. Is there a specific focus on women's football? That's one of the key priorities for us, uh, to begin to channel our energy to make sure that we, we develop football. And if you look at uh, the 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 Banyana Banyana currently now, the assistant coach of Desiree Ellis, uh, Tuli Mbuli, she's from us, and the eight players who are there currently also. So that shows you that we have a big role to play to develop women football, and that's that's a major problem. There's no tournament in our program uh, which can happen without the female component. So for you to qualify to participate in our tournament you must make sure you bring a women team so so that's not negotiable yeah and interestingly interestingly as well uh, with varsity uh, football we started with i think two teams in the beginning and now we've also improved that through safa to say no we need more women participation hence you see now there are eight teams and in the end would would like to see both sides the men and women uh, component in the varsity football competition uh, balancing playing the same structure so I think that's one of the things that we, we, we are challenged to. Finally, what are the communication channels if they are members, if people want to get hold of you? Yeah, that we will go the GS. <laughs> GS? <laughs> yes, uh, we, 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 you can get our contacts through USA, uh, our mother body, which is www.usa.org.za. And through social media, Facebook is USA Football, through uh, Twitter is USA Football. So we are there, out there. But the main uh, mother body structure is USA.org.za. That's where you'll get all our details. Okay, great stuff. Gentlemen, thank you very much for finding time to come and speak to us about USA Football. We like to continue conversations here on this show. So if you have any other upcoming events, activities, please feel free to let us know and we will give and we'll share the information with the rest of the listeners. Thanks, Thank Charles. We appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Thank you. The General Secretary, Mr. Machesa Homo of USA Football, as well as the Chairperson of USA Football, Mr. Kenneth Nelubalani. And that's where we will leave the sport. We'll leave for now. Up next is Mr. Ashraf Gada with the viewpoint. And tonight's big hitter is South Africa's cartoonist, Jonathan Shapiro up next should be an interesting one here on The Viewpoint with Mr. Ashraf Agada. There'll be more sport in the morning with Zai Khan on Sunrise with Stephen Rotes. Thank you to Luyolom Kalipi, Zelma Tribi in a technical. Uh, my name is Tabiso Musia.